Welcome to Grand Turbo MoneyCast, where you will hear the answers to many of your investment questions. The material you are about to receive is neither a solicitation nor an offer to buy or sell any securities. Please remember, all investments bear risk. Now, on to our show featuring Gregory Anderson, CEO of Granderson Wealth Management Group in Denver. Hi, I'm Steve Koch, and I have the privilege today of sitting here and talking with Gregory Anderson of Granderson Wealth Management Group. Grant, Gregory, say hello. Hello. How are you doing today, Steve? <laughs> I'm good. Good. Thanks to you so much. Today, we're going to be talking about the new year. We're going to be talking a little bit about what happened in the last 12 months, but we're also going to be talking about looking at what's to come, some things we might be able to take advantage of in the next 12 months. And specifically, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. And I know a lot of people out there have already made some personal resolutions for themselves, like uh, they might want to lose a little bit of weight. Um, For your portfolio, you probably want to gain a little weight. How are we going to do that? Um, I think uh, you're going to have to lose some bad habits and you're going to have to pick up some good habits. Would you agree? I do agree. I do agree. So we're going to talk about what those are. And um, at some point toward the end of this podcast, we're going to be talking about the investment tip of the month. So to get into it, Gregory, can we talk about your reflection on the last year, how things went and why they went that way? Tremendous year in the markets, the equity markets, particularly in light of the economy, Uh, the economy is returning to uh, places we hadn't seen before in in light of the pandemic, the uh, COVID-19 and the the different variants that we've been faced with. But three years of exceptional equity market performance that we've never seen before. And just for an example, the S&P 500, a broad-based mark, uh, broad-based index of the uh, U.S. market up almost uh, 29%. And we just have never seen uh, these types of rates of returns, particularly the technology-laden NASDAQ has also been a strong performer, uh, performed uh, uh, 43% in 2020 uh, during the pandemic. And we just uh, see that that continues to be a great opportunity moving forward. It seems so remarkable to me. Every New Year's Eve for the last few years, we've as a whole, it seems to me, the citizenry has just really looked forward to the end of the year. They've said, wow, what a terrible year. I hope the next year is better. And yet, here we are, three straight years of, you know, maybe this was the best three years ever Correct. in the stock market. Correct. How do you explain that? Well, I think what it has happened is um, the uh, the earnings, particularly with these companies, have performed exceptionally well. And in spite of all of the background noise with inflation, higher interest rates that uh, we're going to see uh, that's been pro- projected by the uh, Federal Reserve into 2022, and we're starting to see a little bit of edge up in the interest rates over the last few days, in fact. But there's a lot of background noise, but 
performance on these companies have done very, very well. And that's one of the reasons why the stock market goes up is because of the performance of various companies. Okay. Um, are we about to pay the price? Uh, we've had we've had some weakness in the markets for the last week, probably. Sure. Um, <laughs> are things going to even out? Well, I would I would project that we're probably not going to see significant rates of return in the 20, 30 percent rates uh, for the various indexes. I think we'll probably see more of a modest I- increase. The uh, inflation has played a part uh, in the markets, which I think will continue to see a higher rate of return. But it's just been exceptional in terms of these last three years as far as the rates of return. Um, But I think for 2022, we'll probably see a more of a modest increase. I don't think that we will see a decrease in the broad base indexes at this point. What's modest to you? I would say probably 10, uh, maybe 15%. Uh, Historically speaking, over the last 50 years, we've seen about a 10% average rate of return in the equity markets in the United States. So I would say that or a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 15%. I'll take it. Correct. (laughs) Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't, Steve? Uh, So as I said, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions that you can make in terms of managing your portfolio and also managing your attitudes toward your portfolio. Um, Before we do, I want to ask you, we just turned the calendar. Is this a good time to be looking at things that you should be doing in terms of housekeeping for your portfolio? Especially, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about taxes. Sure. Well, I think you kind of let off in terms of at the beginning of the year, a lot of people think about uh, losing weight and uh, planning. Uh, That's really what I would impress upon my clients, prospective clients, is really to look at what your game plan is. So it's not a matter of saying, I want to buy this particular stock or this particular investment, but why? So what are, what are we looking at as far as rates of return? How long are we going to be in the market? How long are we going to need this money? So that would be, the planning would be the number one issue or the number one uh, item that I would uh, offer as okay. a way to really just think about, okay, I'm, I have this money. Maybe it's in a savings account. And I'm not earning a lot of money. And that's one of the reasons why we're seeing the stock market go up as well, is because if you look at the rates of returns for cash at a bank, mm-hmm. people are, they're very frustrated with these low rates of returns. Right. And the best game in market right now is the, the stock market. It's, okay. it's the best game in town is the stock market. Okay, we're, we're digressing a little bit right now, but sure. that's fine because yeah. it's a look ahead to, yeah. the, to the new year. And, and, and I guess I should ask you, uh, don't you think the rates of return are going to increase over the next I think months? there's definitely going to be a modest increase. As I alluded to earlier, the Federal Reserve has already indicated there's probably three increases uh, that we'll see uh, in the coming year 
as far as interest rates are mm -hmm. concerned, which is going to be reflected in uh, higher rates of return for cash, for example, mm -hmm. not to mention if you have to borrow money for a mortgage or for an automobile, you're going to pay a little bit more for that money. Mm -hmm. As a result, um, people are saying, okay, well, it's a modest increase, it's not significant, but I still need to get a higher rate of return, particularly if you're planning for retirement, who a longer term rate of return uh, you would want to be able to get a higher rate of return opposed to less than 1% on a savings account, for example. So right now, I'm not at all excited about putting my money into a money market. Correct. I'm just not. Correct. Do you see a point in the next 12 months where I might start to get a little excited about that? Well, as a foundation, getting back to the planning, you want to have a little bit of cash available three to six months of a reserve of your expenses that needs to be readily accessible. That's going to be in a checking account. It's going to be in a savings account at a bank or a credit union. That's going to be your best place to place those dollars. Then anything above that, any additional savings that you're doing, you would want to diversify with a longer term approach. So that means that you would be looking at the stock market as a way to uh, get that higher rate of return. So who wouldn't want to get 15, 20% rate of return in, uh, on your money opposed to less than 1%? Yep, sure. Okay, so uh, talking about New Year's resolutions, um, would you say, so every new year, I think, are there some bad habits that I need to improve need to get rid of? And there are, are there some good habits that I need to establish? So basically, there are two types of, of resolutions Correct. people generally make for themselves. So in terms of investing and in terms of managing your portfolio, are there bad habits that you're aware of that people really need to think about divesting themselves of during the new year? <laughs> I always want to take a positive approach. Sure. So I'm my wife, there. Robin, always talks <laughs> about what can we do positively yep. opposed to negatively. Uh, we don't want to be in a situation where we're penalizing ourselves. So what I would say, and this is the overriding message, is the planning. Taking an approach that says, okay, I want to be able to place these dollars here so that I can achieve this particular goal, this time frame, and this rate of return. Mm -hmm. That would be the plan. So just like you're looking to travel from one point, from point A to point B, you always want to have that plan. So I'm taking a positive approach, Steve, in terms of this is what we want to do. This is where we want to go. This is the vehicle that's going to get us there, which is the market and a diversified portfolio will allow us to do that mm -hmm. so that we can achieve that goal and look for that financial independence. So as far as, you know, getting to your question where you're talking about some of the bad habits is that turning a new leaf saying, I want to have a plan in terms of where I'm going with my money opposed to listening to the person maybe that's uh, over coffee or at a cocktail party and they're giving you a hot tip and doing the due diligence, doing a little bit of homework on that particular company, understanding what the company is all about 
and why this company is performing the way it is. Mm-hmm. And as an advisor, that's part of my job is helping people identify the opportunities and make sure that it is a great investment, that they can achieve the goals that they're looking for. So planning is key. And then the second thing is not just taking the tip from an individual that and and making sure you're doing your due diligence on that particular recommendation. Okay. <clears throat> so you actually just gave me a long list of things that I could do for resolutions, both good and bad. Yes. And, and the one that really stood out to me that I just heard was, stop getting tips from the Uber driver. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me about that earlier? <laughs> so, well, we're always friendly with our Uber driver, our <laughs> Lyft driver. We always want to engage them and uh, make them our friend. But they, there's, there's always that conversation. Everyone has a tip. And we just want to be able to stick with our plan. And if there's a way to diversify with that, particular tip and if it's a great tip and you've done your due diligence there's nothing wrong with it but just going into it blindly steve just because you're riding in the uber and you're just saying okay i gotta hit robin hood and make that trade right there which it can happen Mm -hmm. uh you want to you definitely want to do a little bit of your homework and do your due diligence okay how much how much due diligence do you think is appropriate Uh, Do you really need to turn yourself into an expert, Um, especially if I'm a client of yours? Now, I know you want your clients to be educated. I know you want your clients to be involved. Absolutely. Um, And I'm sure you encourage your clients to do their due diligence. And and part of that is just to pick up the phone and and call you. Well, I think it's really important for clients to be comfortable with the investment. They want to understand what it is that they're investing in, for how long they're investing, and what what that investment is all about. So, and, for example, individuals may have a social um, issue that they are concerned about, and they want to make sure that maybe that investment is not involved in that. Mm-hmm. So it could be something that has to do with arms. It could be the environment. And that may be a, a real concern. So okay. that's that's one of, that's part of the due diligence. But as far as the time, that's my job is really to uncover the pros and the cons of the investment, so, and then the client can make the decision. Mm-hmm. So rather than listening to the Uber driver and just pick up the phone at, at, or, or logging into Robinhood.com and putting in a, a and making an, uh, an investment, the idea is they call you and they say, yeah, my Uber driver said this, and I'm thinking about it, it sounds pretty good. Um, are you aware of anything that would conflict with my philosophies in terms, and by the way, Gregory, you happen to know that i really into the environment, for instance. Correct. I'm really concerned about, just as an example, maybe climate change. Correct. Then you can say, well, let me take a look at this investment as it fits into the greater scheme of things. And are, are they corporately responsible in terms of you know, pr- protecting or, or at least defending against climate change? Correct. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, that's really important is uncovering what the concerns are for each client. So we do customized portfolios, so no cookie cutter. So we want to understand what our clients are in terms of those particular issues, if they're environmental issues. And and we want to honor those. So with all of the investments that are available to a client, we can screen against those particular concerns mm-hmm. and still provide them with the rates of returns that they're looking to uh, achieve. So just making uh, the selection of the investments, making sure that we're recognizing what the concerns are and designing the portfolio so that it allows the clients to achieve that rate of return for that time period. And then after you've done the due diligence, uh, <clears throat> after I've let you do your due, due, yeah. your due diligence, sure. then I can process whatever information you've given me and I can decide whether or not it fits into the basic plan. Correct. And it all comes down to the plan. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. That's exactly right. Okay. So in the, in the, for retirement planning, you, you know, you have a certain period of time and we want to take advantage of the lows and highs, you know, because we have peaks and valleys over this time period. Mm-hmm. Over the last three years, it's all been roses. And, you know, there, there can be some lemon in there as well. And we want to make sure that we diversify the portfolio and we're able to take advantage of the highs and the lows. <clears throat> Is diversification, so that's, <clears throat> that's a good possible resolution, right? I'm going to diversify more, right? Correct. Is diversification always a, a good thing to have in your portfolio, regardless of the person's plan? Absolutely. And the diversification can be with any particular industry. So it's vertically integrated in terms of the different types of businesses. And so you're going to get diversification that way. For example, in real estate, if you're looking at real estate investment trusts or REITs as they're known, Mm -hmm. there may be a sector in the REIT market, particularly, let's say, office that is doing well and maybe industrial is not doing well. And Right now, the concerns in the real estate market is what, what I would say is uh, hospitality is a big concern right now. Uh, but overall, that was one of the strongest performing sectors in 2021. So picking which particular sector of that industry also plays a part in there. So that's part of the whole diversification. It's also part of the due diligence that we do. <clears throat> I know you want to stress the positives. And I know it's good for us to discuss the good resolutions that you can yeah. establish for yourself in this new year. Yeah. But I have to say, you know, there was a t- period in, in my investment mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, development sure. that I panicked. Sure. And I shouldn't have. And I learned from it, but I wish I had known then. I wish I had made a resolution, made a resolution not to panic. And, and you, can you talk a little bit about how do people keep themselves from panicking during situations like 
Oh, last week, one day, the NASDAQ went down 3% one day, right? Correct. What do you do? Well, that's a very valid concern. And it really gets back to the plan. What's your overall plan? So we know over long periods of time, even short periods of time, we're going to have volatility, ups and downs. But what is really the objective? So, for example, I talked about retirement, longer term. But let's say if you're saving for a down payment on a house, you wouldn't want to have the portfolio invested the same way for your down payment on your home that you may need in the next year or two or three versus how you would invest for retirement. So less volatility for a shorter term goal is very key. Whereas if it's a longer term goal, you can accept and absorb the volatility. And so you're not afraid if the market goes down 3% in a day or 2% or no one ever complains when it goes up 5% in a day. You know, if you're looking at an individual security. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to do? We're going to diversify, but we're also going to minimize the volatility. And it just is the selection of those particular investments. So bonds tend to be a little bit less, well, they're less volatile than what we would see in stocks. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, you could still have volatility in bonds, but if you shorten the maturity, you don't have the same type of volatility Mm -hmm. that you would with a longer term bond. So cash plays a part in there. Bonds play a part. Okay. There's also the stocks that play a part as well. And then depending on what uh, particular industry that you're in as well. Right. Okay. So one of my resolutions might be I'm going to minimize the volatility. Correct. Should people also have a resolution or at least consider uh, adopting a resolution that they're going to allow themselves to take a little bit more risk? Well, absolutely. You would want to take more risk longer term. So that's fine because you know over the over a longer period of time that volatility seems to smooth out and you get more of a linear upward movement. Whereas when you're looking at short term and you have all of this risk, you know, if you're if your risk tolerance over the next year is very very low, you would probably want to look at bond type or more less volatile types of investments. Whereas if it's longer term, you can absorb that volatility. Do you ever see clients who just, in your opinion, just aren't willing to take the amount of risk that you think would be appropriate and that would be beneficial to them? Sure. It's the sleep (laughs) factor, I call it. So being able to sleep at night, and we always want to check that. And we just say, well... In order to achieve your goal, if you're going to be more conservative and use those less volatile uh, types or less riskier types of investment, you will probably have to extend your time horizon. Okay. So to summarize here, I've heard a lot of great ideas for resolutions. The first one is have a plan. Second is stick to it. And, and some of these other ones, and that, I think that is going to apply to anybody. If you don't have a plan and if you're not willing to stick to it, then you've got a problem. I think anybody who's not resolved to do that should be doing it. Would you agree? Correct. Okay. It's then, anything then some, in life. It's anything in life. You really, it comes <clears throat> down to planning. 
then there are some other resolutions that you've suggested mm-hmm. here that are probably a little bit more appropriate, more appropriate to some than others. So one is diversify, or at least consider diversifying more. Two is make sure you're comfortable with your investments. And that's kind of related to a fourth one, I think, which is consider whether or not you're taking the amount of risk that's going to allow you to sleep at night. Correct. Push it to that point where are you still able to sleep? Yes. Okay, then you're at the right level of risk. Um, And and maybe you're not taking enough risk and and maybe they need to talk to you to help and then you can help them figure out. And part of that is reviewing it periodically to make sure you're on track. Because there's always a need for course correction. Always. Because life happens. The external factors that are out of our control Mm -hmm. have an effect on that plan. So if we're reviewing on a periodic basis and we're tracking, then we know that we're going to make our goal. We're going to achieve the goal that we've set out. So that is really the other part of it is really monitoring. So one of the things that I would tell people when you do receive your statement, open the envelope. Yes. Open the envelope. And the tendency, yeah, you have to keep track to make sure that you're on track because if you don't open the statements, Mm -hmm. if you're not looking at your statements, if you're not reviewing your portfolio, how do you know how well you're doing? Okay. How often? Well, I would say at least on a quarterly basis. When when they come in the and when they come in the mail, if it comes by email or if it comes by US Postal Service, you want to open that statement up and you want to look. And we do periodic reviews with our clients. So that's the whole monitoring of the entire plan. Okay. What percentage of Investors, I'm not talking about your clients in general, but what percentage of your of investors would you say don't monitor their investments often enough? I would say more than half. I would say more than half. Yeah, and then probably, then... probably even, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me that if you have a plan, you're going to be able to review it and you know that you're on track or if you, if you're not on track. But I think the tendency is that people generally don't have a plan. They just invest the money. And for example, with a 401k, you know, with your employer, you may not in- review that as often as you may mm-hmm. need to. Yep. And, and so the tendency is just, well, I'll, you know, I'm making the contributions. I don't really worry about mm-hmm. it because it's a long period of time. Yeah. But there's always a need to review mm-hmm. and at least on an annual basis to say, all right, this looks good or doesn't look good, and I need to make some corrections. And we can help people with that as well. But then there's probably the opposite problem where people monitor too frequently. They get obsessed with it, right? But then if if you're looking at it on a daily basis or if you're looking at it on a weekly basis, that's perfectly fine. But you want to make sure that you're tracking to your plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if we saw that the market was down substantially, getting back to March of 2020, where we saw a tremendous mm-hmm. decrease in the overall markets across the board. So what do we say? This is a great opportunity mm-hmm. to buy at a lower price. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, and that, and that's, but that's not the, that's what doesn't happen. 
the psychology is, well, I need to (laughs) do something. And the doing something actually causes detriment to the overall plan because you actually realize that loss if you were to sell when it was down. So that's a very, that's, that's a critical piece. So if we're reviewing it periodically, and even if it's very often, you just want to recognize, okay, well, what's my overall plan? Mm-hmm. Does this fit into my plan? Or does it really matter in the long, in this whole scheme of things in the long term? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the issue. Okay. Um, we're starting to run out of time here. Um, I, there are a couple things I want to get to. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, just for fun, it, talking about New Year's resolutions, do you have any fun resolutions that you've made that you were willing to share with the audience? Well, I have really started to make more of a systematic um, investment plan, in, in not only just um, on a monthly basis, but really just looking at newer investments. Uh, we've talked about the uh, alternative or the cryptocurrencies. I think that that's one of the areas that it's a newer asset class. And uh, I'm not talking about substantial dollars, but it's mm-hmm. something to really look at. Uh, so that was really my New Year's resolution. Okay. So not buying. So right now, at this point in time, we're seeing Bitcoin mm-hmm. and Ethereum. We're seeing all of the cryptocurrencies down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are just kind of jumping into it. Um, and that may be a good a good idea, but if you have a systematic plan of how you want to um, uh, delve into mm-hmm. this particular asset class, I would that would be what I would uh, suggest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you'd be more systematic this yeah. year. Yeah, okay. a little bit more systematic about it. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Is it, you mind if I steal that one? No. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Because I don't have any resolutions yeah, for myself. Right, yeah. So I think that that's, that's really uh, one that I would be happy to share with you. And da-da-da, investment tip of the month. What do we have? Well, the investment tip of the month is the healthcare industry. And I really like this industry because of the 10,000 individuals that turn 65 on a daily basis through the rest of this decade. When you're saying, well, why does that even matter? Well, uh, 65 is a magic age for Medicare. This is the national health care system in the United States. And that means a lot of people are going to take advantage of the health care system. Mm-hmm. And I see that as just really kind of the basics of people visiting their physicians, uh, medications, the pharmaceutical area. Um, there's real estate that's also involved in uh, healthcare, and just the demographics for the rest of this decade are just tremendous. Um, perform basically as as well as the overall S and P 500 for 2021, and I see that as an area that we really need to look at. Not to mention. Just what's happening with the pandemic, the uh, COVID-19, the vaccines, so that's pharmaceuticals, the testing aspect as well has mm-hmm. uh, created some opportunities. And I see that industry is really 
kind of a basic, almost like a, a utility uh, type of uh, investment as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. where people yeah. just really need to take advantage if it's utilities with you know, uh, electrical or gas or even your cable. Uh, that's that's one of those uh, areas that I really think and feel just based on even the numbers that uh, it's a great place to place your dollars. Okay. Healthcare. Write it down, everybody. <laughs> well, this has been fascinating. Thanks for all the New Year's resolutions that you've recommended. Um, I know everybody out there can't uh, totally absorb all of them. But if you can just grab one or two, especially the one about making a plan and sticking to it, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, and we can help. We can help with that plan as well. So the planning is the foundation of any investment strategy moving forward. Great. Okay. Well, it's been fun. Thanks. Thanks, Gregory. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Let's do it again. Uh, Yes, definitely. I'm looking forward to our next podcast. And also, thank you, Stephanie, for doing a great job in uh, setting us up, our engineer. She's out there in the studio, in the uh, outer limits there, giving you the thumbs up. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you again next time. You've been listening to Grand Turbo Moneycast where we discuss some of the most important investment issues affecting your portfolio. Check back regularly for future editions of Grand Turbo Moneycast. And for more information, go to grandersonwealth.com. Have a good day and a grand portfolio.